Hello, welcome to Valley Lights Church Online. We have been in a message series called Relationship Glue. My name is Bruce Wood and I'm the pastor of this church and we're really trying to answer the question, how do you make relationships that are really strong and cohesive so that I actually enjoy being with the people that I have to see every day? <laughs> actually, what are the New Testament commands in the Bible that make for a really refreshing community to be a part of. We've been studying the core values of our church, known as the heart attitudes. And last week, we started looking at heart attitude number four, clear up relationships. And we started talking about this because one of the facts of life is that people offend each other. You get offended, I get offended, and offenses can destroy relationships. So last week, we looked at the question, hey, what do I do if I have offended somebody else? How do I, what are the steps that I need to take to reconcile, to remove that offense so that I can initiate and bring harmony and, and friendship back to the relationship? But clearing it up when I've offended someone else is really only half of this hard attitude because we've also got to deal with the times when I have been offended. When was the last time that someone did something wrong to you? Maybe someone lied to you or uh, they made a commitment but they didn't follow through or they flaked or, or they didn't show up. Or maybe someone was rude or didn't consider you, did something really inconsiderate. In any of these situations, you might have felt wronged. And if you're like me, you can probably remember what was done and how you felt about it right away. <laughs> When we get wronged, strong emotions usually arrive shortly after the offense. Some of the major emotions that you might feel is, you might feel hurt, or maybe somebody said something that just cut deep. Sometimes we feel disappointment, maybe because they said one thing, but then they did something else. We were relying on them to come through, but they, they, they didn't. Or sadness, Sadness can really stall us out if we just feel crushed and unable to, to move forward. Or anger. Man, why did they do that? What were they thinking? Over time, anger can even make way to rage. Man, I am never going to let them do that to me again. I need to make them pay. So there's a spectrum of emotions we might feel, and we don't know what to do with them or what to do with the thoughts that come along with them. And they begin to wrap around us like a chain. Just each offense, or actually really those emotions, really the emotions are links in a chain that tighten down around us. And when we're wrapped up in these chains and these emotions, we're not really free to enjoy life and the people around us. The longer that we let those emotions and those thoughts dominate us, the stronger the hold they are, the stronger hold they have on us. And it's really hard to carry the that through life. And there's really three main responses that we can choose whenever someone has wronged us. We feel wronged or offended. We have some of those emotions. There's really only three ways we can respond. One is to refuse to forgive. So maybe we open up that record of wrongs and we look at what this person has done and we review and put a check marks by the things that they've done wrong. And I, you know, I don't want to lose track. I'm going to keep sure I'm going to make sure I remember all these things. Well, the Bible tells us to keep no record of wrongs. And uh, probably because, you know, that word record, 
In that verse, it, it literally means inventory. <laughs> Not just a list, but an inventory that's considered and counted and kept track of. And whenever we get into that, those, those chains just crank down even tighter. They start choking the life out of us. Another response might be to pretend to forgive. Oh yeah, just go through the motions, act like I've forgiven. But then when another offense happens, we pull out the inventory and just add something to the, to the current list. And then each offense can become like a brick. We build a brick of bitterness. And I start stacking up these bricks. Here's another thing. I'm bitter about this. I'm bitter about that. Before you know it, I've built a wall of bitterness that's blocking me from this person. I might go on my way and pretend like, oh, no, I'm good. We're good. Pretend that that doesn't exist, but the bitterness is still there. And bitterness can really, it can really blow things out of proportion. If I'm bitter, I, I might blow an offense into a much more bigger, more detrimental thing than it actually was. So what we can end up with is chains of emotions and thoughts that really wrap around us and then bricks of bitterness that create a wall between me and other people. And there can be various degrees of this, depending on how long it goes on or how large the offense has been. But if this is, if this is happening, obviously, I don't have a clear relationship with that person. Something is blocking us from relating in a free and clear way. And it's an offense or it's a misunderstanding or some damage has been done. And really, we can't have healthy biblical community when that's going on. We cannot truly please God if we allow this to go unchecked. That's why this heart attitude number four is so crucial. Instead of refusing to forgive or pretending to forgive, option three is to choose to forgive. This is to put the record of wrongs away, to lose it, just to not even, to not even pull it out and use this against a person anymore. When those emotions come back, and they will, we go to God for help instead. We're not going to make that person pay for the wrong that they've done. This approach of forgiveness is actually a command from God for all Christ followers. In Ephesians, we're told, Let all bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting, and slander be removed from you, along with all malice, and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. And if you look at this verse, there's, there's some things that flow from bitterness. You know, it says anger and wrath shouting. I don't know if you've been in a shouting match with somebody in person or even over text or some other way. Slander and malice. Man, we are commanded to get that stuff out of our lives. Which means if I do forgive somebody, I've got to tear up that record of wrongs and let God be the judge of the other person. We're, we were not made to be the judge. That's God's role. And when we set ourselves up as judge, we tend to blow the wrongs of another person way out of proportion compared to our wrong, which is why Jesus once said, hey, take the log out of your own eye before you, uh, it, before you go for the speck in someone else's eye. When we take God's place as judge and refuse to forgive and say, like, I'm, you know, that person should not have done that, it's wrong, Really, the first thing that they experience from us is a critical spirit. And if you've ever engaged somebody who has a critical spirit, you know, that's, that's tons of fun. 
it's, it actually ruins relationships. So as long as I'm bitter, I've got that critical spirit, then I'm just chained to the past. It's almost like this bitterness and unforgiveness means we, we, walk, we walk backwards into the future because we always have an eye on that hurt from the past. But if we develop a habit of forgiving, I can get free from the past. I can enjoy my relationships in the here and now. People can trust me. People can let their guard down around me because they know if I'm a forgiving person that I'm not going to jump all over them. Look again at verse 32. It says, be kind and compassionate to one another. What a refreshing atmosphere that would be. Forgiving one another just as God also forgave you in Christ. Boy, there is tremendous freedom in remembering that through Jesus, God has forgiven us. This is the standard and the expectation that he sets. God expects that the people he's forgiven become forgiving. So if God expects us to maintain an atmosphere of kindness, well, and we know that people do offend each other, that means that as we relate to one another, we are going to have to get things cleared up. And I want you to hear from somebody in our church. Um, actually, it happens to be my wife, Erin. <laughs> but uh, throughout this whole series, as we looked at our core values, we've gotten to hear from a lot of different people who have experienced the different heart attitudes. And, and this week, I wanted you to hear a, a few stories from Erin. And uh, so take a look at, there's, there's the situation that came up where an offense needed to get cleared up. So listen to this. Well, there was a time um, shortly after we'd gotten to OCC and started learning about heart attitudes, we walked through a really difficult season um, where we lost a baby early on and had a miscarriage. And it was the first time we'd experienced something like that. And so it really sent me reeling. I was trying to figure out how to navigate it, how to share that with people that were close to me. And so I started by sharing with a few friends um, that had known me for a while. And um, over the course of a few days, Someone reached out to me that I hadn't shared the news with and just expressed sympathy and it really caught me off guard. And long story short, I found out that a, a friend of mine had taken it upon herself to share what we were walking through with several other friends ahead of me. And I felt really, really hurt and um, that my trust had been violated. And after I talked to a really good mentor of mine, she encouraged me to humbly just go to that friend and share that I had had that experience I was really hurt that she had gone ahead and shared something so personal without my permission. And so as I was sharing that, I could hear in her voice that she felt really sorry and um, really hadn't thought through it from that angle. And as we talked, um, I realized that she had wanted to share or like save me from the difficulty of having to have that conversation over and over again with people that we were mutually friends with. And so she really had it in mind to serve and love me by sharing that with others so that they could care for me and know what was going on. And I was able to say, um, you know, thanks, but that's actually not the most helpful thing to me right now. And ultimately, as we were able to work through that, she apologized. I was able to extend forgiveness. We learned a lot about each other and how we respond to difficulty. And we also were able to restore trust and um, move forward together with a friendship that was still intact even after a difficult, bumpy situation. In this example, the offense was removed and the relationship was restored. 
And really that friendship moved on and remained healthy and continued stronger. What a, what a blessing it is to be able to move on from something like that. Uh, I want you to hear one other story uh, from Erin as well, where she shares how in another instance, she, she actually learned some things, some new things in the process of getting a different relationship cleared up. So take a listen to this. So I have a friend who's really, really different than me in almost every way. Culturally, we're different. Um, Personality-wise, we're different. And so as we began to grow closer in our friendship, there were little things that started to rub me the wrong way. And at first, I could kind of like be bumped and keep on moving. But slowly over time, as she didn't respond to my texts or she would run late to coffee when we were trying to get together or, um, you know, she would say something really directly to me that would feel like she didn't understand me. I began to be more and more frustrated and have this undercurrent of um, resentment and unforgiveness. And so over time that blew up. I really um, hit a point where I wasn't willing to bear with that anymore. And it was just one little, I don't know if it was a late text or something, sent me over the edge and we ended up having to get together and talk about you know, how I was feeling. And so it was really humbling because as I was starting to share, I realized that a lot of what I was frustrated about wasn't actually things that she had done that were wrong per se, but more that didn't measure up to my expectations of how I wanted to be treated or what I wanted out of our friendship. And so as we talked, I was able to share some things that had hurt me, you know, some of the late texts or just, you know, running late or not feeling responded to quickly. But I also had to own some of the expectations and the demands that I had really unwittingly started to place on her. And um, so it was a great opportunity for me to extend forgiveness for the things that had hurt me, but also to recognize that it was gonna be really important if we wanted to continue to be friends, for me to be willing to bear with her and a lot of the way that she was bearing with me, we both have rough edges, we're both people. One of the things that also really helped me is as I reflected on forgiving her, it started to occur to me just how much in comparison I need forgiveness from God. And I realized that if, if I needed that kind of forgiveness and God is willing to forgive me, it's, it's a small thing in comparison to forgive my friend and to be gracious with her. And so in receiving grace from God, I found it's been far more easy to extend grace to others and to really approach them in humility, knowing that I need that same kind of forgiveness myself. In this story, just because she felt offended, it didn't mean that the offense was totally justified. She described how God was wanting her to learn more about bearing with other people and really how to recognize the impact of certain expectations. But really, it was this process of getting the relationship cleared up that led to a whole lot of growth and a relationship that actually continues to this day to be very, very strong and helpful and enjoyable. Without clearing up relationships, some of these friendships might have fractured and broken. And so this is a really important value. This is a way that we can stay connected to one another when it comes to clearing up relationships, there's a few steps that we may need to take. One is to pray. And to start out by asking God, would you, Lord, please help me know what to say? Help me, you know, I'm, I'm feeling offended. I'm, I am really struggling to, to bear with. Actually, God may even show you that 
it may be time to bear with somebody and to release an offense. But there may be times when something does need to be said. And uh, I pray, Lord, Lord, would you know, help me know the right time and the right place and the right words to use? And God answers that prayer. Secondly, we do need to take initiative. It would be nice if the offensive person would just know to come and get it cleared up. But Jesus said in Matthew 18, 15, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. So we take the initiative. You actually may remember from last week that um, whether I've been offended or I have done the offensive thing, either way, I need to take the initiative. The initiative lies with us. Um, Jesus makes that clear. Also, another thing we would want to do is to speak privately. That actually comes up in this verse as well. Um, Go and talk to them alone, not in a group setting so that it becomes uh, either embarrassing or a very defensive uh, situation. And then plan wise words. It really is helpful sometimes even just to write them out or at the very least to think through specifically what I'm going to say. And I might say to a person, hey, I am, I'm really glad to have a friendship with you. But I would like to get something cleared up. I am um, dealing with some hurt or some frustration over something that happened. And then I might say, when, when you said this thing or when you did that thing, that was pretty hurtful or pretty frustrating for me. Um, did, did I misunderstand what was going on or what was happening there? And it's important to ask a question like that because maybe, maybe I am missing some information or maybe, uh, maybe intentions were good, I was assuming they're bad, or, or there may be some more information that I need. And if there really was just a misunderstanding, I, I might say, oh, m- <laughs> thank you for talking to me about this because I'm relieved to know that this is the case. Maybe the offense might not be legitimate. But if they did actually wrong me, um, I might say, hey, I, I wanted to ask you if you would please continue or not continue doing that in the future. And at that point, they may say sorry and ask for forgiveness. If they do, that's great. And if not, I've still got to forgive. And when I do forgive them at this point, what that means, if I, if, I, if I say I forgive you or after I walk away and pray to God, I forgive them, it means I release them from responsibility. I'm not going to hold you accountable anymore. And at this point now, I'm going to show you kindness and I'm not going to hold a grudge. That's, that's what forgiveness really means. And uh, it may be the case that I need to, to verbalize that pray that or say that out loud, even before I feel like it, (laughs) to say, I'm going to show you kindness. I'm not going to hold this against you. Because emotions might not be there. Emotions can eventually follow, but we've got to do the right thing of forgiving first. It's, It's really more a matter of the will to begin, where I say, I will not hold this person responsible anymore. And you might be thinking, all right, this forgiveness thing, yeah, it's great. But if God is asking me to forgive that person in my life, he's asking me to do the impossible. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. He says, you know what? We all agree that forgiveness is a beautiful idea until we have to practice it. <laughs> and practicing it is extremely difficult. And so it's, it's, it would be helpful to know that there's two components of forgiveness, two aspects you might need to walk through. First, there's a decisional component where 
at a specific point in time, I decide, I make a decision, I'm going to forgive this person for the wrong that they've done. And I, I can do that when I fully realize all that I've been forgiven in Christ. That's what we looked at in Ephesians. Erin mentioned that in her story as well. Many people are chained to bitterness because they wait for their feelings to, cha to change before they choose to forgive. Really, that, that's how Satan keeps us chained up. The truth is my feelings are not going to change until I decide to forgive. That decision to forgive unlocks the chains of bitterness and starts the process of freedom that we really need. So that, that decisional point, it could be an actual prayer, something maybe I even pray out loud or tell God. It, 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 taking a moment to pray can be the decision point, but that might not be enough. We might not easily forget. Forgive and forget is a great concept, but that forgetting thing, you know, sometimes I don't forget. That pain and anger that comes from the offense, it, it, it actually can get bigger when we dwell on the wrong that's been done to us. Some of those memories or offenses, they can be like a movie screen in our mind that's just on replay. It's on a loop and we just keep seeing it and feeling it over and over again. We may need to work, work through a process of emotional forgiveness. So there's the decisional component and now there's this emotional component where when I forgive, I, I'm making a commitment to not hold a grudge. I'm not going to go back and rehearse the pain and relive it. It's kind of, imagine a grudge is like a little, a little pet monster <laughs> that uh, you keep in your closet. And so maybe I've got this pet monster and, and there's this grudge and then I remember what someone did to me. And so I, I take that pet out of the closet and I just think about it. I, I, I pet my monster, my, my grudge, and I just feed it a little bit. I think about it, I mull it over. I kind of, in, in kind of a weird way, savor those feelings of frustration or anger. And then I put my pet grudge away back in the closet. I go on with my day, but I, it, that memory may come back again. So I take, I take him out of the closet, I feed him, I pet him, but he's actually gotten a little bit bigger this time. He's, he's, he's growing. And every time we do that, this, this grudge tends to grow. and We've never really dealt with it. What, what really needs to happen is I need to walk over to the closet, open the door, pull out my revolver and blow its brains out. <laughs> I need to shoot that thing. I need to be done with the grudge. I need to say, I'm not doing that. I'm not going back there anymore. I'm not going to relive it. I'm not going to rehearse it. I've got to refuse that and then redirect my thoughts. And I might pray, God, I'm wrestling with this again. I, I, I really need your help. God, I thank you for all that you've done for me. You have forgiven me completely. And Lord, would you use this pain for my good? Actually, uh, a, a Bible verse may be a big help in redirecting our thoughts. Genesis 50, 20 says, uh, talks about how God, you know, there's some people that meant evil for Joseph, but God used the evil for a lot of good to come out of it. We've really got to refuse the wrong thoughts and replace them with the truth. I might even pray to God, you know, God, you've given me all that I need and more. I don't, I feel like this person owes me something, but I don't need whatever it is I think they owe me because you've given me all I need. So forgiveness really is a matter of my will. Over time, 
my emotions will eventually adjust. And by God's grace, I will get to the point where I feel like I have forgiven. Not, I've not just decided, but I do feel that as well. And when we do forgive, we can walk with people in relationships, not just for days and months, but for decades. We can maintain close, healthy, enjoyable relationships with people for a very long time. That, that can set us free. Why, why should we drag offenses on into the future? Why should we carry those nasty grudges with us all the way through? With this whole idea of forgiveness, there really is a lot more that can be said. Some of the pain and the damage that you may have experienced might go very deep. There may be some tensions that haven't been totally resolved by this message so far. And if that's you, I'd recommend two things. Uh, one, I'd recommend to get some wise counsel if, if you're feeling stuck in replay mode. If you just keep rehearsing that offense and having a hard time letting it go, find a mature believer who has worked through the, this process and has made, it, made a lifelong commitment to forgiveness. And finding somebody to talk to, that's actually one of the major benefits of getting connected to a church body. You really get to know people who are serious about following Jesus and, and can help you to figure it out. The truth is we, we can't make it totally through life on our own, and um, we, we need other people to help us. Life groups at Valley Lights is a great place to find people that can help you in your walk with the Lord. You might consider that. Another thing I might recommend is to read the book Total Forgiveness by R.T. Kendall. And this is a really thorough it goes, it goes way deeper into this topic than I have here now, and it's rooted in Scripture. It might really help you to find the freedom needed that comes from forgiveness. On the path forward, you might be reluctant to trust somebody who's hurt you. Maybe you've walked through this process of forgiveness, but you're like, I don't, I don't know if I can trust that person. Well, that's normal, actually. It's you might be cautious because you don't really know if they're going to hurt you again. You might have fully given forgiveness, but the trust is pretty shallow still. And it's normal for that to take time to rebuild. Or, or, or sometimes the damaging relating that's, it continues. It just, it, there's a cycle there. And this topic of forgiveness, it fits within the context of, you know, this bigger message series about the hard attitudes because we really want to have clear relationships with each other. Here in this church family, we, we want not, not only forgiveness, but also clear relationships where there's a deepening sense of trust and the goodwill deepens as well. Because we know that as, as a church family, we, well, we're going to offend each other. That's a fact of life. Relationships will get messed up. But when they do, we commit to getting it cleaned up. With clear relationships, we can enjoy people through the years and experience a certain kind of refreshment that you really can't find anywhere else. And so you might think about, some of this might have jogged some ideas for next steps you might want to take. Maybe, maybe you might want to pray and forgive somebody before God. Maybe you realize you've been harboring something. Or, or another next step might be to, I, I need to refuse to harbor bitterness toward a certain person and you need to deal with that replay of emotions. You might also want to memorize Ephesians 4.32 that says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as God also forgave you in Christ. 
There's a great verse, at least, at, you might even memorize one verse for each heart attitude that we look at as a church to help you really grasp what we're trying to create here. And one other next step you might consider is to invite my friends and family to the Easter service. And uh, just to throw that out there as a possible next step, we're about a month away from Easter. And this is really a time that people might be more open than ever to going to church. So we've covered the first four heart attitudes. There's seven in total. Number one is to put the goals and interests of others above my own. This kind of culture means we're genuinely for each other not just a me-first culture. Number two is to live an honest, open life before others, where as I relate to you, I'm not hiding things. There's no games. I'm not presenting a false version of myself. Who I project on the outside is an accurate representation of who I am on the inside. Number three is to give and receive scriptural correction. Nobody likes being corrected, but hey, we can drift, and we need to watch each other's backs. Everyone has a whistle. When someone drifts into sin or disobedience, we look out for each other and bring that up. And number four, clear up relationships. means I take the initiative if I have been offended or if I've offended God or somebody else. So these are four of the seven crucial values. And if you've missed any of the messages, go back and listen online or uh, to our podcast. Uh, These first four values help us to relate to individuals. But the final three values help us enjoy being a part of a team or a group. So starting next week, we're going to cover the last three heart attitudes in a message series called Teaming Together. You're going to learn more about how healthy groups are groups that can accomplish a lot together and are really fun to be a part of. These next values are really a they're a big reason why our church is, has been able to get established so far. So I hope you join us for that. I do want to make a final comment about forgiveness. The Bible teaches us that there really is major power given to forgive when we experience being forgiven by God. You may have felt the chains of unforgiveness hold you back or maybe who have built a wall of bitterness, brick by brick, offense by offense. But when we accept God's forgiveness, we can offer forgiveness to others. This is, this is how God gives us what we need to break the chains that tie us to our past hurt. That's how we gain freedom. You might ask God to help me develop a spirit of forgiveness God wants us to forgive the way that he does. I might, in my mind or my heart, say, man, I forgive them. Ahead of time, even before we have a conversation, I forgive them. This person, they don't owe me anything. And out of love, I'm going to refuse to keep a record of wrongs and not use that against them. If we make that commitment to forgive, man, we find the freedom that God wants us to experience. I'd like to close with a word of prayer, and then I've got a video to show you. Let's pray together. Father God, it is amazing to think about the forgiveness that you extend to us because of what Jesus did for us. I'm very grateful. Help us to grab a hold of that, to not forget that in the moments when we feel offended, we feel mad or hurt. Help us to to genuinely extend forgiveness to others, remembering what you've done for us. 
Help us also, Lord, to recognize when those grudges are growing and uh, for us to deal with those, to put those away and redirect our thoughts in a way that honors you. Help us to develop a community of people here where relationships, even though they get messed up, they get cleaned up and that we can be clear in the way that we relate to one another. I do thank you for that and the scripture that guides us in knowing how to do that. May we please you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The video I want to end with is a testimony of Corey Tenboom. And uh, she is a woman, along with her father and other family members. Uh, they helped a lot of Jews escape the Nazi Holocaust during World War II. And she wrote a really famous book called The Hiding Place. It's really amazing. Her family was arrested due to an informant in 1944, and then her father died about 10 days later in, in prison. So a sister, a brother, and a nephew of hers were all released, but she and her sister Betsy were sent to a concentration camp, and then that's where Betsy eventually died. So Corey had a lot to forgive and a lot to work through due to the trauma of arrest in prison. And uh, she's got a pretty amazing story. So just take a quick listen to what she says about that. It was some time ago that I was in Berlin, and there came a man to me and said, Ah, Mr. Bohm, I am glad to see you. Don't you know me? And suddenly I saw that man that was one of the most cruel aufseers in concentration camp. And that man said, I have, I'm now a Christian, I have found the Lord Jesus, I read my Bible and I know that there is forgiveness for all the sins of the whole world, also for my sins. I have forgiveness for the cruelties I have done, but then I have asked God grace for an opportunity that I could ask one of my very victims forgiveness. And Fräulein Tambom, will you forgive me? And I could not. I remembered the suffering of my dying sister through him. But when I saw, when I experienced that I could not forgive, suddenly I knew I myself have no forgiveness. But I was not able, I could not, I could only hate him. Then I took one of these beautiful texts, one of these boundless resources, Romans 5, 5, and thank you, Father, that your love is stronger than my hatred and unforgiveness. That same moment I was free, and I could say, brother, give me your hand, and I shook hands with him, and it was as if I felt God's love stream through my arms. You never touch so the ocean of God's love as that you forgive your enemies. Can you forgive? No. I can't either. But he can. I'd like to thank you again for joining us for church today. I really hope that today's message has been helpful for you. Um, if you are listening online or watching with us, and if you'd like to support Valley Lights, you can do that. You can give today. 
the money that we receive goes towards our mission of helping people to find God and learn how to walk with Him. And giving to church is one of the ways to give back to God for the many ways that He provides for us. So you can donate now by clicking the giving button on your screen or going to our website. And another great way to connect is to fill out a connection card. It takes about a minute, but you can use that form to let us know about things going on in your life. Um, if we could be praying for you, maybe even on today's topic of forgiveness, there's a way that we could support you in prayer or, or, or even talk things out. So to access that connection card, you can find the link on your screen right now. But I'm glad you're here today. I hope it was helpful, and I hope to see you again next week.